0: This is Kayla, and once again, I am joined by Jamie,
1: (laughs) who just (laughs) stuck a cookie in her mouth. I'm very high already. Hello, it's Jamie. We are here for... Oh,
0: hi. This is High Crime. (laughs) And we are here for the third part of our Bundy series, and I believe it will be the final installation. Yeah. And um, we're... Yeah, we are to
1: too high to too high but still very considerate because that highness was me going to eat my cookie and then being like oh they don't want to hear me eating and then putting it up so yeah too high to like function but
0: also yeah
1: but so basically what I'm mean to say is that we're just gonna jump right into
0: it because I can't think of anything else to do so this is where we left off Bundy had been Arrested, he told the police his name was Kenneth. But then on February 17th, 1978, Bundy reveals his true identity to police officers, who I imagine felt foolish. Yeah, and also, why would he? Well,
1: I'm surprised he revealed it to them. Like, I'm thinking, I mean, I think he got area. to... A,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. But it, you'd think if he was, like, a most wanted man that everybody, yeah. all, all officers, especially
1: in the area, right would have had to have seen pictures of So him. I feel like, like, while he's in this police station, there's, like, a flyer next yeah, to him. Yeah, there should be. <laughs> it, should, it should be everywhere. It's,
0: yeah. And the, the funny thing, too, is, like, that's, like, a running joke of Bundy. Like, I've seen so mm. many memes where it's, like, you know, it's like, Bundy cuts his hair. Cops. Who's that? <laughs> like, they <laughs> yeah. they couldn't find him because he would – I mean, and I think, to be fair, I think he does – like, you look at pictures and it's it's him, but he does tweak his appearance a lot. I mean, he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but it is almost kind of to a comical extent that it – This like, yeah, how did the cop not instantly – I feel like yeah. the second that cop saw him, he'd be like, fuck yes, I'm bringing in Bundy. Mm-hmm. But instead he was like, oh – Kenneth, no name. No last name. That's probably him. (laughs) Um, Whatever. Regardless, I guess he was pushed into a corner and felt like he, you know, there's nothing he'd do at that point. So he he tells police officers who he is. In April 1978, Kimberly Leach's body was found near Sewanee River State Park, which is really sad. She was the 12-year-old, right?
1: Right. From the PE class.
0: Um. And then in July of 1978, Bundy uh, was indicted for the murders of Margaret Bowman and Lisa Levy and the attempted murders of Cheryl Thomas, Kathy Kleiner, and Karen Chandler.
1: When is that? May, a year later, he rejects a plea deal, which uh, is insane to me. Uh, It would have allowed him to avoid the death penalty if he had admitted to murdering uh, these three women. And he decides not to take that plea deal, which I understand is his narcissism and pride that he, like, can't admit it, but also is just so stupid because you know that Florida is going to fry you.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that thing that's, like, a core part of being, you know, a sociopath or whatever, where it's just, like, you just, everything is a competition, and he'd rather die than admit that, like, they got him. Yeah, Am I Bunny? No. Wait, where are we? Oh, yeah, okay. No, nope, that was it. Wait. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was one sentence. I, I, I scrolled a little bit. I scrolled down too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we're in July we're or not in, we're on July twenty fourth, nineteen seventy-nine. Bundy was found guilty of murdering Lisa Levy and Margaret Bowman and for the attempted murders of Kleiner Chandler and Thomas. One week later, he was sentenced to death for the murders, which like of course he was because it was such the trial was just so like everybody was watching it, everybody was
1: talking about it. Like it's an it's also an insanely short trial. It's only a year long. I feel like that's really maybe they like push through since so he escaped so much, many times. Yeah, I feel like that's a really short trial for murder. Um Okay, so he's found guilty um, in February of 1980, he is found guilty of leeches, kidnapping and murder, and was also sentenced to death for that one. Um, and then in July 1986, the governor, Bob Graham, signed two death warrants for the Chi Omega case, and the 11th Circuit Court signed a permanent stay of execution, 15 minutes before Bundy was scheduled to be executed, which is crazy. Um also like just that well, I don't feel I'm actually kind of I don't know, maybe really glad that Tim Betty suffered that fear of knowing he was gonna die and then got stayed over. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Well it's because he was getting desperate and so he I mean look, we'll go into it. Mm-hmm. So on January seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine, Governor Bob Martinez signed the de- second death warrant in the Leach case. Uh also they got a new governor, I guess. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> um January twenty first, nineteen eighty nine. Um, so this is basically Bundy. You know, his the whole time he always like because this is years like jumped 86 89 That's nine years, you know, and or from eighty. And uh, so he's like, oh shit, they're actually gonna execute me. So then all of a sudden, instead of saying like, no, that wasn't me, that never was me, this is a mistake, blah blah blah. All of a sudden, he started confessing to crimes. And so then that way they want, the, you know, they want to find out who, where are the bodies, all that. So then again, he like gets a stay. He, um, he tells FBI special agent Bill Hegmeyer that he killed 30 people in California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, and Florida between 1973 and 78, which is like, it's a lot
1: of land to cover. It's a lot of land to cover. Um, on January 24th, he, which I also just like that they only let him tell stuff for three days and then we're like, okay, now we're going to get, which is kind of, I don't know, I um, but I don't believe in definitely. Anyways, on January 24th, he declined his last meal, which is so just fucking lame. so him too. To be like, yeah, it's so lame. So I guess the standard meal, which is the most American meal I've ever heard, It's a steak cooked medium rare. I like that they specify the (laughs) uh, temperature of that steak. Eggs over easy, hash browns, toast with butter and jelly, milk and juice. The most, like, traditional American meal I love. Yeah.
0: And, like, I get that he's, like, stubborn and he's trying to do it his way, but just, like, dude, you are about to die. This is your last meal. Not only right. is this the last food you're going to eat, but everyone's going to know that's the last food you <laughs> ate. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> what a very weird and public thing. Um, but so before he was executed that day, like I said, he kept, you know, admitting to different murders. And so he had, right before he died, he admitted to 30 homicides. And said that he may have committed many more, which is what we all think. Because right. like someone as like regimented and detailed as Bundy, like his first kill, there's no way that was actually his first kill. Oh my god! Plus, there are, people are suspected. Like, yeah. there are some victims that I I didn't include because it sure was like yeah. it was like when he was like a kid and a teenager and stuff. So we don't really know, but these people that were growing up where he was, like, would go missing. Ah. And in, I mean, the way, the brutality of it is similar in the, what he does to the
1: bodies and stuff. Um, no, and so in Liz and his girlfriend's... The Phantom Prince. The Phantom Prince, Prince the stupidest name for an amazing book, um, is by his girlfriend Liz, and she, I guess, like, there's a point where he calls her and, like, basically confesses everything, that's what he talks about, I guess, like, this illness actually like kind of sad because it's the only moment where you realize like oh this person has this mental illness and is aware of that mental Mm -hmm. illness and then you know he goes back to his like narcissistic crazy self but um he's talking to Liz about it and he's like she asks because he's like ask me anything and she asks him why he started killing like the year that they met and um he was like in it he's like in it he's like um oh Liz like the cops have been off by so many years or something like that and I'm like yeah yeah because like there's card. no way
0: that first kill is his first kill yeah it's just you you don't go from just having fantasies to being like dexter level yeah your first like it just that doesn't happen yeah. um but so then 7 a.m uh Bundy was strapped into the electric chair and he was later pronounced dead. Um, it, it's just like so weird because yeah, I have very complicated feelings on the death penalty because mm-hmm. as a whole, I'm not a fan, but at the same time, you know, if someone is, you know, picked up for molesting children or, you know, raping and murdering children, it's just like, like a pedophile is a pedophile. Yeah. They're not going to, you can't They're rehabilitate them. The only way that they can change is if they are super, super, um, um, what is it called? Like if they have like a really strong will and they don't act on it. Yeah. Because yeah. they're never gonna not feel they're, that yeah, way. Exactly. That's just it's not how it works. Them. Not them. Exactly. So it's like if someone wants to if they're like like, I don't know. If I'm like, if you kill a six-year-old girl that you raped, like, yeah. you don't need to be on the face of this right. earth anymore. Right. You're not providing any good to anybody. So I'm like, get out of here. And I totally get when, like, you know, a father wants to go shoot the you know, the guy who was hurting his daughter like right. and that kind of stuff and I just don't feel bad for them and I'm like no I get it like I'd want to do that too um but the, the like the way they did it with Ted Bundy it was just people oh literally God. I mean and again it was in Florida so like right not the best example of the country as a whole I mean I guess now it is but um they fucking tailgated his execution it's they insane. literally spent all night there were people were selling food drinks people were getting wasted people were selling t-shirts yeah
1: no i've always been against the death penalty and i don't really waver about like feeling um like i get how people feel that way when it's their like daughter or whatever but like that doesn't hasn't ever like swayed by my opinion on the death penalty but like lately i've like been more like that like I guess just listening to true crime podcasts and stuff like that, where they talk about it, and I just kind of, like, assume that everyone's against the death penalty. But mm-hmm. anyways, the point being that after I saw the documentary, I didn't realize they, like, tailgated it like that, and that just made me, like, so much not believe in the death penalty. I was like, this is, this is why we shouldn't have this. Like, yeah. these are, like, the animals that live in our country that would, like, celebrate. And I was just reading something that said, like, 30 cops, like, showed up um like not in uniform like can you just imagine like and like celebrating shot off like fireworks like can you just imagine like hearing that your neighborhood watch like guy went and set off fireworks to celebrate 10 <laughs> that would make me feel so it's just un- like I don't know I just think that's insane
0: it's I mean it's like this whole culture of like that's why it's funny when people say, like, oh, true crime, like, is a thing for some reason right now. And it definitely is more talked about. Yeah. But people have always been interested in it because look at all the fucking people that tailgated. Yeah. Like, it's like public executions. Like, that's some People would bring their kids and they would go watch yeah. someone hang to death. And, I mean, we don't even need to get into, and I don't think we necessarily have the... I almost said clarifications, qualifications. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know um, any of those <laughs> to speak about this. But like lynchings in America—that's, I yeah. mean, that's the—they were like fun events that people yep. did. Like oh, yeah. they, they were—they made their hate a hobby, which is a scary thing resurfacing in this country. Yeah. Um, well, not that it ever went away, but it's like more in your face because they're not afraid to do it now. Yeah. Like before, if you were a racist, you were like, you know. Very everyone like knew, that. like, oh, but Karen, that racist. Yeah. Whereas now it's, like, oh, Karen's a like, racist. Yeah. Like, get rid of everyone who isn't white. Like, yeah. scary. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, do I think he deserved it? Like, I mean, of course, he's a fucking monster. Like, re- I mean, we've just read you what he did in the last episode. Like, it's just so brutal. It just doesn't seem like a human being anymore. But I think you're in dangerous territory if you're because it's one thing to be like you know i i don't want them to be on like i don't want them to be here to be able to hurt people again but it's another thing i think to actively celebrate the death of a person no matter who it is like it's okay to be like oh i think pedophiles like should die because they're just like destructive but it's another to like look up Uh, uh, look up like a sex offenders list and then like actively be shitty to someone like it's just yeah i feel because the difference i think is the revelry in it yeah it's not like a somber like i don't know it just is so weird to me
1: yeah
0: um this podcast uh morbid that i like they did a whole episode on like how long it's been a societal thing to like look at dead bodies, or, you know, yeah. like, the Paris Morgue was, like, a place to, it was like a museum, it was, like, yeah. a place to hang out, and, like, public executions, and, like, why that's so interesting, and what, what is that morbid fascination, um, so that's a really good episode, because mm-hmm. it's true, I mean, we, as much as we think we've advanced, we haven't, those, because yeah. those deep, like, desires and shit are still there, yeah, but, <sighs> Now for something different. And we will walk down
1: back. Because um, since
0: he is dead at this point, obviously the timeline ends there with him. Yeah. yeah. But we pulled some particularly, just, just in case anyone thinks, still think to this point, that we're like Ted Bundy fans. Yeah. And we're like fangirling over him. We pulled some seriously chilling quotes yeah. that show just how
1: terrifying this man really was. Yeah. And how much of an example of what is the antisocial personality disorder complete? Um, Okay, so one thing he said, he said, "I think society deserves to be protected from me and others like me," which is insane. But he even admitted that, obviously. Yeah, like
0: that's so that's such a creepy moment to have that self awareness to be like, "You need to be." It's like when I lived in that first apartment out here when it, I mean, it's like this whole big long thing basically I was kind. I thought I was moving in with a couple students but they were both a lot older than they said they were even though they were looking for someone in my age range which like That'd if you're big. if you're a 20 year old looking for a 20 year old like I read that I see the age and I'm like yeah. oh okay they want to because I feel comfortable living with people around my age Like, yeah. you just know you're just on the same playing field right whereas if you're someone of a different age specifying an age, age that is, is not younger. your own that is Especially so fucking younger. creepy yeah. so creepy yeah. but anyway so at one point so he was like this the, he was probably in his like 40s which is like my dad was in his 40s at the time so that was just like really uncomfortable um but when I told him I wanted to move out he was like acting nice but the words felt scary mm-hmm. where he just was like oh no I get why you'd be afraid of me I'm a Ugh. man, and I'm a lot bigger than you. Oh my god, no. I was just like, no, get the fuck out. Yeah, chilling. It was so scary. So scary. Um, But yeah, so he's a, he's a scary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing he said was, what's one less person on the face of the earth anyways?
1: <laughs> just something. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, you're right, because billions of us here we don't matter. <laughs> no, he's just Um, he also said, this one, like, this one creeps me out. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, we serial killers are your sons, we are your husbands, we are everywhere. Which, like, he had made some quote earlier about that, where it's like, oh, it's not the person hiding the shadows. Yeah. But then he adds it with, there will be more of your children dead tomorrow. Like,
0: now he sounds like a weird, like, like, that's almost like a threat.
1: Like a, like. What is, what is it called? Um.
0: A, like an oracle or something the women who like see the future oh
1: yeah yeah i, think I like kept an thinking oracle. enchantress
0: and i was like no, that's fine
1: right. yeah, yeah, um
0: right. yeah so it's that almost is like a creepy oracle like you know more to come yeah yeah but also yeah. just like a personal threat yeah um but uh this one i actually kind of agree with yeah <laughs> um so he says guilt it's this mechanism we use to control people it's an illusion it's a kind of social control mechanism and it's very unhealthy. It does terrible things to our body. And again, as a child who was as growing up as a Catholic child, I'm very, very guilt is a deep seated part of my personality. And um, I don't ever want to feel like I don't ever want to not feel things, Yeah. but it's just this, the way that you learn it, matters because it's just so drilled into your head that it's not it's not serving you anymore you know it's to such an extent that you're just like overthinking everything because you feel bad about
1: everything
0: yeah and it is definitely a way to control people i mean the catholic church are you kidding me
1: i yeah and i would say like i agree with that and i think that he should like people should like i don't know be aware of the difference between guilt and shame Yes. Because I feel like shame is that, like, yeah, like the Catholic Church or stuff like yeah. that, where it's, like, societal ideas of what's right and wrong that generally line up with mainstream morals or whatever, yeah. you know? Whereas guilt, I feel like that's more of a, like, a personal feeling that you have regardless of whatever, I don't, you know, yeah, regardless of whether or not you were told that. Um. But, yeah. So, it, like, with that quote, yeah. Okay, so
0: you're saying guilt is good it's shame that yeah okay that makes yeah. sense
1: um yeah and then I kind of wonder if he did mean guilt and not shame and just being like oh it's so stupid it's a terrible emotion like fuck that emotion <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I think that's definitely how he felt yeah oh, Definitely. and then this final one the mo- I'm the most cold-hearted son of a bitch you'll ever meet, which I feel like is something I say quite often. <laughs> and that kind of scares me. So, As that. well it should. <laughs> wow, so we got through yeah. the whole story.
0: Is there anything else about Ted Bundy that you want to add? I was going to say I did bookmark something
1: in my book. Okay, let's see. I just finished with that thing. Phantom Prince. Phantom Prince. Unfortunate name. These are mostly her. So apparently she is, I don't know, my... Freaking Soul Sister. I'm in love with this girl that read this book. (laughs) So, actually, all these things that are bookmarked are. It's just why.
0: How how much I like her. her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. let me see. But I think there's one here. Um, Oh, yeah. This is where he says the police are years off. Uh, But, anyways, this is when he's talking. I, I think this just like, really sums up what he's going through. Um he's talking about, like, this is, like, the most lucid moment he has, uh, he says, like, not killing, it's, just, it's, like, it's, oh, after he does it, it's like, it's over, I don't have a split personality, I don't have blackouts, I remember everything I've done, like, like, madam mamish we went to Farley's for ice cream after eating hamburgers, it wasn't, like, I'd forgotten or couldn't remember, but it was just over, gone, the force wasn't pushing me anymore. don't understand that the force would just consume me like when I was walking by the campus and I followed the sorority girl I didn't want to follow her I didn't do anything but follow her but that's how it was I'd be out late at night and follow people like that i try not to but I'd do it anyway and then he says later because Liz's an alcoholic um he says I have a sickness a disease like your alcoholism you can't take another drink and with my sickness there is something and it just can't be around and I know it now which is so freaking terrifying and also just like really sums up his bonus
0: <laughs> yeah that's a really scary thought to kind of think of him as like like there's an episode of criminal minds do you remember the one where the guy has like the glasses and he like records yeah. he just seems like this like nice nerdy guy yeah and he leaves I mean, like messages for the cops like stop me kind right. of like a lipstick killer but um and then it turns out that this guy has like you know, all these mental health issues and stuff, and he, like, didn't really know. I mean, it's different because he didn't... No, he knew what he was doing. I don't know, but it's the same
1: kind of thing where you feel like... No, that was, like, one of the few times I felt pity for him. Mm -hmm. And not to be confused with sympathy or empathy, but, like, I thought he was a pitiful person. and Like seeing joy. Yeah, exactly. And, like, felt bad because... He was so pitiful. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's also the one time that I think he admits yeah, like in an honest way.
0: Yeah, and then it, I mean, for all its flaws, I think Dexter kind of illustrated that in a really yeah, interesting way because after the fourth se- or no, not before the fourth season, um, it's the fourth season when Rita died, that's when I stopped watching. It's the be- I mean, honestly, I, if I mean, the I've show that season, no, 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 if the show ended there, yeah. it would have been a perfect show. Yeah. It, I mean, look, I enjoyed watching it after that, because I loved Dexter, and I love Michael C. Hall, and I think he's so hot, which mm. is gross, because he plays a serial killer, but <laughs> I think he's hot, also not on Dexter. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I like his voice, it's weird, because he's not mm. like a singer, but I just, like, enjoy, yeah, like, he, like, deep. narrates, like, History Channel stuff. Like, like, listen to that. Yeah, I just, like, want to hear him talk, oh, yeah. Also like Idris but there are just certain people that have voices that are... I also really like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Christian
1: Slater. They have weird voices. Christian Slater is I do like, because like, he's always like on Archer, right? Do you watch Archer?
0: No, I just oh. love him from Heather's.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, he he's on Archer, and his voice is like weird there, but good. It's like a good, um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. Uh-huh. But yeah, but he so, okay, so he I yes, think sir. he kills Rita's X because oh yeah he's trying to take the kids away now Mm -hmm. that he's sober so he gives him drugs and so he ods and then rita's just like having lived her life like married to an addict she's like i know how like you knew the exact amount to give him yeah like you must have been an addict yourself and so then for a whole season he's going to like
1: Or or narcotics anonymous. He immediately falls in love with that one girl. Lila or
0: something. But the point is, when he's there, he talks. They think he's talking about his addiction. Right. right. But he's talking about his dark passenger, which is kind of like what Ted was saying, Mm -hmm. where like. Because I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting when they did that because it. You don't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Like certain killers, like Trenton. Nope. Richard, Trenton Chase. um, You know that he has mental health issues and stuff. But it's just like you don't think about. Like how they're driven to like. There's yeah. also there's I keep see. saying Criminal lines, but there's also a great episode of Criminal Minds with um Anton Yelnik, which is really sad. He's he passed away so young. It was like a really his uh-huh. his, his his car the the garage. Yeah, it rolled down yeah, the hill yeah, and yeah, pinned yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, it's just tragic. But um, uh-huh. and that was sad, so sad because it happened like right after I went to a prep, not right after, but uh-huh. the I had. The movie I had most recently seen was Green Room, that movie he was in, which was good, but oh, so fucking stressful. That movie is very, very stressful. Um, it was not what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's very, it's very well done, but yeah. it's just a lot to handle. And, you know, being a water sign, empathetic, emotional mm-hmm. person, I was so fucking tired after that movie. But, He's young in an episode of Criminal Minds, and he's obsessed with Reed, and he, like, comes and meets him, and he basically wants Reed to help him because he knows he has those instincts, and he's like, I don't know how long I can control that. Exactly. So, I mean, it's – I'm not saying that we should, like, you know – oh, I don't want to – I mean, like, yeah, humanize him. He's a human. Yeah. Yeah. But it just – because it's hard, and I know um, some podcasts, like I think Red Handed, they kind of say they never use – um, like monster and phrases like that because mm. it's like everyone is a person and they they make choices and it maybe they have like issues or whatever but mm. there's no like superhuman beast like these are regular people and you need to keep that in your mind Um,
1: I think that's also easy for like I, I guess why I don't struggle with like you know, this, like, idea of feeling bad for him or whatever, or understanding him versus, like, is I don't have, like, a concept of, like, there's an evil in the world. Like, I don't mm-hmm. believe in, like, evil or whatever, you know? So okay. it's, like, that kind of thing where it's, yeah, like, there's no outside presence that I, like, I'm, like, oh, this person is all evil or right. whatever. Just,
0: I mean, and that's kind of the whole point of a Clockwork Orange is that yeah. there's no such thing as being all good or all evil. But it to some people, that's how they see the world, and so it's hard to to imagine this is a person who has this thing. It's like, just that he could have handled it. Like, he could, could have, have gone to, you know, time. he could have, you know, like the kid on Criminal Minds where he's like, look, I know, I I just know I'm going to do this because that's cool. all I can think about, but I don't want to. So yeah. I'm going to try to stop myself. Whereas Ted just kind of, like, went all in.
1: No, I mean, like, having had many family members that are recovering addicts, like. Yes, I understand that's it's very hard for them. And when they relapse and they're doing heroin, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know what I mean? And I'm not like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, part of me is like, oh, you know, like, very upset and worried about it. But another part of me is like, you know you have this and you're not putting in the work and you need to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so there's a lot he could have done. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. That it's, you know, you can't just sit around it's like, you know, poor me. Yeah, okay. no, especially
0: when you're the one who's going to inflict damage upon society. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> Alright, um, yeah, do you have anything else? To I think, think, think that's
1: it. Read this book, uh, I- guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has a dumb name, but it's a good book, it's and good name props name. to Liz for dealing with her shit. Yeah. Um, and like we said at the beginning, we didn't want to just talk about the victims as victims, so now we're going to go through the list of Ted Bundy's victims and just talk about them as women and what they like to do and who they were and you know whatever we could find about them uh so Joni Lenz was 18 years old
1: she was a shy friendly girl with no enemies Mm -hmm. Linda Ann Haley was 21 she was a talented musician I did not know this Mm -hmm. um because I always remember her for her ski reports. yeah uh but she was a talented musician who described was described as full of life and self-assurance what is I mean, that can like? you imagine being <laughs> full of
0: self assurance?
1: <laughs> it's insane. But um she's studying psychology at University of Washington. Um she's a dedicated student and was known for her morning weather and ski reports on the local radio station, which that's the only thing I do like about the Northwest as well, is that they have morning ski reports <laughs> how cute. Very quaint. Um, yes, very, very quaint. Um and it's she was entering her last year of college. Um during which she had lived in a greenhouse not far from the campus with four other women. But that's just, like, you know, her, her whole life had her. Mm-hmm. Well, they, all of these girls. Yeah. They're all about that age. But, yeah. She seems cool.
0: She did seem cool. Um, Donna Gail Manson was 19. She was an intelligent student and studied at Evergreen State College. She was an expert... Loutist. Loutist. I, think that's <laughs> a, I think that's right. I just... Um, I just made me think of... Uh oh my god, what is the name of that show? I'm picturing it. Flight of the Concords. Mm. They have a song called Inner City Pressure. Yes. And um I can't think of the line, but there's like I can't think of the line before but there's one line, it's like like, looks like he'll never be a concert flautist. <laughs> yes. Oh
1: my gosh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I
0: can't think of it. But it's a great yeah. song because it's about being broke in the city, which, hi. <laughs> yeah, that's <Wow>. our life.
1: <laughs> Welcome to my life. So you think maybe you'll be a prostitute just to pay for your lessons? You're learning the flute. Ladies wouldn't pay you very much for this. Looks like you'll never be a concert flautist.
0: Um, But yeah, so she was also an expert flautist, unlike
1: Brett.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, she was an introvert get it Mm -hmm. she likes spending time alone oh right this is my favorite i'm so happy i found this fact about her because it i mean it's devastating but it's like if we were both in college at the same time i would have so been friends with donna or i would have wanted to be friends yeah um so (laughs) her roommate was bothered by her because of her obsession with magic death and alchemy hi Hi, friend. <laughs> I, I just it. feel like we would have been like just fun no, witches together. Absolutely.
1: Um, the line she was Donna. an introvert that like spending time alone really spoke to me. <laughs> so I okay, think definitely hang out Awesome, awesome girl. Um, Susan Elaine Rancourt. Rancourt? I think so. always sign on this. I just remember being weird out that that's my mom's. Name. Oh, yeah, right. Minus the Rancourt um but she was a pretty curvy blonde she was 19 she worked two full-time jobs the summer before freshman year to pay for tuition which is like oh so my best. god when i was 17 i thought i was responsible because i would babysit and like not get drunk
0: no i worked <laughs> at taco bell and i would do four hour shifts yeah like that's the longest i, would right? work. I did not make
1: enough money to do
0: anything oh my gosh
1: um yeah, so she's shy. She's brilliant, um, obviously, and she wants to go into medicine. And but her family moved to Alaska, and she decided to stay behind, which I think is really also freaking cool. It's, yeah, she was yeah. like,
0: "I'm not. I don't want to change schools. I like what I'm doing. I'm yeah. on a
1: path. i got my shit
0: together. I can I'm... stay here myself. I'll see you in Alaska in summertime." Yeah, great.
1: Oh, and also she had a 4.0, <laughs> despite working. <laughs> Despite, in addition to all the other great things she's done, she was also uh, working full-time in a nursing home. Yeah, so she worked full-time in a nursing home woman.
0: and was getting a 4.0. Like, she's just super badass. Like, she was
1: going places. She really was. And you know what makes me, like, so upset is, like, she was actually going places, and then we have to deal with Tide Bundy and his, like, perpetual, like, I'm in law school, I can't get into law school, I'm so smart, better than everyone. Like, this girl was actually yeah, smart, like, and kind of helped the stu- world.
0: like, studying... Chinese, and then dropping out, and yeah. then doing psychology, and then dropping out, and then like, yeah, she yeah. wasn't doing it so that someone could think she was doing it, like, yeah. she had a plan.
1: She did. She also jogged every morning, which, Jesus Christ, jogging, and in the morning, way too much, and took karate classes,
0: so, I just, her. it just makes me think of... On Parks and Recreation, and it's like one of my favorite gifts. Where she's like, "I know jogging is good for you, but at what cost?" <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I tried I tried to be a runner, and I just can't do it. Yeah. I fucking hate it, and my body hates it. There's no muscle memory. If I stop for one day, it's like I've never ran a day in my life. If I, I
1: train stop for during like, the run, I guess sorry.
0: I <laughs> like my sister made me this whole like wonderful thought out plan and I fucking did it. Yeah. And then I literally missed like one or two days when I got a cold. And I went back out and I thought I was gonna vomit. And I was like, what the hell was I building that resistance for if it's just gonna disappear um, like
1: that? Absolutely. As, as coming from a family of runners, my mom was like, I was talking to her recently and she was like, You never got a high from running and I was like no. And she was like, you know, i I'm way out of shape now. Not that I not that I was ever in shape. But I used to be more in shape. And she was like, what about when you were doing that? And, what? and I was like, no. She was like, that must be awful. I was like, yeah, that's what normal people feel <laughs> when they exercise. Like, of course, that's why I don't want to run. i mean, yeah. It's never been a single time no. I've been proud. Even afterward, I'm like proud of myself or like, oh, I look good. I'm just like, still, I fucking hate running.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's never like I would be happy when a workout ended because I'm like, you did that. There was never a moment, even as even like when I was really sticking to workout schedules yeah. when I was like more in shape, I never enjoyed it.
1: I never enjoyed. I it. wish I, I did. I, I don't, don't enjoy one. water,
0: and I don't enjoy like. Yeah. I, I'm I'm built to be a pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy
1: the water. I don't enjoy uh, jogging. I also would never go skydiving, so I'm not you know an adventurous girl or whatever. I was not built for this world.
0: Yeah. But Susan was, except for fucking Bundy. She would have been probably president or something. Probably. Um, Okay, so now here's where we found out the answer to our questions. Kathleen is her middle name, and that's why she goes by Kathy. So Roberta Kathleen Parks. um, She was 20, majoring in world religions at Ohio State University. Um, She'd been having a really rough week that week, which is so sad. She was homesick, and she Mm -hmm. recently broke up with her boyfriend, um, she had an argument with her father on the phone and then found out later he had a heart attack, which is, like, literally oh the ultimate nightmare. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i afraid to ever be mad at my parents, especially now living, like, th- right. thousands of miles away. I'm like, every phone call, we need to be like, I love you, yeah, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because it's just, like, that's just the worst. I, I, I had can't. Oh, have that in the last. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so he... Her, her sister, like, called her later, and it's like, he he's okay. He's going to recover. Mm-hmm. um But so she – but she still felt down because it's like – I mean, I remember my dad had surprise surgery a couple of years ago. Ah. And, and, again, being so far away, it was so scary because you just, like, what do you even do? And so she heard he was getting better, but she still just felt really out of it. um So she accepted an invitation to walk to another dorm and have coffee with friends to kind of, like, get her mind off of things. Mm-hmm. So – it's really devastating, but she was smart and had good friends, and she was 20. She
1: had, I mean, she just had so much ahead of her. She did. Um, Brenda Carol Ball is 22, and she was described as a free spirit, uh, which I like. I feel like <laughs> that's how people describe my sister, and she's great. Uh, she shared an apartment with two roommates. She'd been attending Highline Community College. I love this. But she had recently dropped out to find herself. She said, yes. <laughs> you can drop out of school. Just well, letting you all
0: know. No, because... And then you can still go back
1: to it. Yeah, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, and
0: it's, we're so hard on ourselves if we're not, if we're not like, wildly successful by a particular age. But the system is built so that you have to know, you have to pick your future yeah. when you're, like, 18 Which or younger. Insane. And you're, your brain isn't even fully developed, so how can you possibly know? I mean, the only reason I feel secure in my career now, and I've been in the industry for like seven or eight years mm-hmm. is literally just because I took time away from it. After yeah. my last right. job, right. I was like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do. That last job was so toxic. And I took some time off and I did other things. And then I was able to be like, no, this is what I'm meant to do. And th- and that I can have that security, but I'm turning 29. Yeah. Like how nice would it have been if I could have done that at like 20, you know, because mm-hmm. you just don't, we put so much
1: pressure on everyone to have their whole life figured out and it just doesn't need to be. It doesn't. And like, I am so, especially like how expensive college was, I'm like, that was completely wasted on me because it was always like, you know, I was good in school. So I went to school and I went to school. And so it was just, I never even thought about doing anything besides college because that was like my identity was just getting good grades, which is a weird thing to have an identity. Like it's like having no actual passion, but just like, loving winning you know I don't know I kind of feel like it's a very weird thing and then and then when college came I just like you know fucked up towards the end because I had no idea what I wanted to do still and everyone else was like picking majors and careers and like just really finish off weekly so I wish I had taken some time to find myself yeah
0: I think everyone should
1: honestly after like
0: having lived life after college I think it would for everyone to just like take a gap year yeah like I mean, some people do it right after high school, which that could work, but I think it. I think be she did it after two years. Yeah. Like well, what this girl does. She Exactly. High You're right 20, in yeah. the middle. You're like, okay, I need to take stock of what I'm doing. Yeah. Do I want to spend another 75000 or whatever? Right. right. I just finished all my pre-writing. Yeah. Do I really want to be a writer? Or did I just do that because it was the natural progression of my mm-hmm. path? Yeah. Because, um, like, look, what? Leslie Jones was in her 40s when she first got onto SNL. I mean, mm-hmm. look at all these actors and actresses who are have only been known in old age. Yeah. I mean, Maggie Smith she's she's always acted, but like she's in her fucking stride, right? Yeah. Now. Like so it's just like you don't have to you don't have to be a certain age to do something. Like that's just such a a myth that everyone perpetuates, but it, I think it's just unhealthy and, and it's just unfair because you're limiting yourself. Yeah. And like I don't know what happens after we die, so it's like Hypothetically, you're only gonna do this once. So mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck you want, mm-hmm.
1: unless you're hurting someone, in which case turn yourself into the police. Yes. Please, please. <sighs> um, the night that Brenda went missing, she told her she'd catch a ride to Sun Links to meet them. And then I also just, because she's a free spirit who drops out to find herself in a time when that's not something that you do, quote unquote. <laughs> so she went to the Flame Tavern alone to get some drinks. Because she could go and get drinks alone. Yeah, because she was cool and bad. wasn't,
0: like, wasn't covered in anxiety that people will think she's weird if she goes alone or, you know, whatever. Yeah. She just was, like, secure and was like, I want to have a good time. I'll start here. I'll end up at some lakes. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, um, Another girl. She seems like a cool... Another one. She seems like a really cool girl. Um, Georgian Hawkins. I mean, we already kind of uh, so yeah well I'll just go on. so she was 18 she was said to be exceptionally bright as a student at University of Washington she was a member of the Kappa Alpha Theta Sorority mm-hmm. and she had a boyfriend who lived six houses away so I mean she obviously was doing something right she had a good group of friends around her she had someone who loved her yeah
1: she's exceptionally bright that that one is the one that always yeah really she was amazing. so close she's, yeah um Janice Ott was a young looking 23 year old uh which I like so that you know at 23 it's good to be young looking <laughs> um no I totally get that I'm still young people always think I'm younger than oh I am oh my god I still get carded when I I get carded when I went to a Raiden R movie and they only didn't card me because Seamus my boyfriend at the time walked up who was eight years older than me and they thought he was my dad so they were like, oh, okay, you have, like, a parental.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I one time, I got carded when we bought the tickets, and then when we were going to the theater. My hands were full because we had, like, popcorn and snacks. And yeah. I had to show my ID again because oh they were so unsure that I was over God, 17. To watch a R
1: movie. I think I was, like, 21. Oh, my God. No, ridiculous. Um. ridiculous. <laughs> anyways, Dan thought she was young-looking. Uh, she worked as a probation case officer for the like, King County Youth Service in Seattle, which basically means she was a fucking badass social worker, I assume. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, or in training. It's um, a very, very hard job to have. You have know, to have a lot of compassion. Yeah, this her. is
0: the part that's really ironic.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was very educated in the psychology of antisocial personality disorder. Which she wanted to use to help, uh, she wanted to use her expertise to help others who need special gui- guidance changing for the better.
0: So basically, if instead of murdering Janice,
1: <laughs> he had just fucking talked to
0: her, she maybe could have stopped everything. Yeah. Everything after anyway, because yeah. literally the what she wanted to do was help, help people, people like Ted that to
1: already. not be harmful yeah. to others. And finally, she had just gotten married. She was nearly wed of a year and a half.
0: I mean, look, she was, she seemed like a badass, and she was stable enough to have someone who wanted to be around her enough to get married right. Right,
1: at 23, no <laughs> less. Yeah. Right. Oh
0: my gosh. Can you imagine? Nope. Yeah. Um, Denise Naslin was 18. She was studying to be a computer programmer, which is so fucking cool, because this was That's in, the like, time. the 70s, and, she's a and woman. there's still, I mean... Girls who code is such a big thing now, and it's yeah. like we're just trying to get girls to let themselves do these kinds of jobs, and that's what she was doing all the way back in the '70s. Um, yeah. And another one, she worked part time; she had an office job so she could help pay her tuition.
1: These are women doing it for themselves. Also, it just this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it's funny to me. I went to UCLA my senior year. I didn't go there. I went to visit there my senior year of college. And they had this poster that was, like, women and mathematics. <laughs> and had, like, different pictures of women. And they would be, like, they can teach, too. And, like, it was <laughs> just so ridiculous. And I was, like, it's 2012, and we have this in UCLA, like, a top school. <laughs> like, guess what? They can do this, too. Women can do things. They can even work together in group. There was literally a line that was, like, sometimes they work as individuals. Sometimes they work in groups. So <laughs> I was, like, okay. They're, they're women. They're well, doing that's that. because
0: men always think women. Something just happened to me not that long ago. I forget. I can't remember the situation because I'm too high. But there was a situation where some guy said something along the lines of, like, oh, it's a group of women. Like, good luck with the fighting. And oh it's like, God. fuck you. We're not just, yeah. every day isn't mean girls. Yeah. Also, yeah. we're adults. Yeah.
1: Come on. It's also, yeah, 2004. 19, but okay um so yeah Denise awesome that you are a computer programmer that was where that little side story came mm-hmm. from uh Melissa Smith was only 17 she was a daughter she was still she had just been able to watch radar movies oh uh-huh. that's crazy I don't know if they was still like that in the
0: 70s but oh yeah I don't know
1: um she was a daughter of Midvale right Police yeah chief? I think that's right a place in Utah I think um, but yeah, she's an honor of a police chief, so she's, like, naturally, like, cautious and, you know, smart about that kind of stuff. Um, she was a good friend, and one of the last things she did in her short life was walk to a local pizza parlor in a small Mormon town, yes, it is in Utah, mm-hmm. to comfort a friend who'd had a fight with her boyfriend, which also, just like, you're 17 and your friend has a fight with your boyfriend, and you think the world's ending, and, like, you're the good friend that comes along. going on. to comfort her. Yeah. Yep uh laura and amy amy yeah
0: amy yeah. which is, she was 17 she just dropped out of high school and moved in with friends um but she wasn't like on the outs with her family or anything she spoke to them every day uh but she was just doing her own thing she worked you know different small jobs um yeah she was just doing yeah doing her own thing
1: doing her own thing carol the you know Badass, the badass, the ori- the original badass that we mentioned in the beginning of the
0: story. Yeah, she. They're all badass.
1: Yeah, but she's very yeah. cool. Um, she also, I didn't realize she was eighteen. I didn't know she was that young. That's mm-hmm. insane. She was eighteen um, when she's the one that fought off Ted Bundy in his car and, and the um, handcuffs and all that became like obviously a huge part of convicting mm-hmm. him. And she was the first trial that he experienced that he was found guilty of. Was yeah, her. she was she a, attempted.
0: She's a key. Uh, witness. I wrote victim. That's not what I meant. She's a key witness.
1: Yeah, she was I mean, they, they probably did. have to have a really hard cross on her, but um, like, in the courtroom. Uh, she lived at home because she was 18 and she was working for the Mountain Bell Telephone Company, which is just such a... I don't know. I feel like the Mountain Bell Telephone yeah. Company.
0: Yeah. <laughs> great.
1: Absolutely great.
0: Um... Debbie Kent was 17. She was very close to her family. Um, the night of her disappearance, her father was recovering from a heart attack. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, she, this, yeah, so she had gone to the school yeah. play with him and her mother. Her younger brother was at a skating rink. And then everything happened because she was such a good daughter that she was like, Mom and Dad, you finish the play. I'll go pick up my brother. She, she was obviously very much like a family woman.
1: Yeah, exactly. At 17, which it's is like... Not when really, you want to be with No, your like
0: props to her because 17, that's like during that key window where you're just like a bitch to everyone oh for no God. reason.
1: I moved across the country because I hate my family. I
0: was, 17, so. I was like i need to get out of the
1: state <laughs> literally although
0: technically my sister was further away but i was in a different
1: state yeah so. that that makes all the difference um yeah i was like get the fuck out of here and actually i was like can i no you know what? No. It's about these girls
0: but it's funny because you don't want to be there but Angelina Jolie is
1: oh my god, stammering in Albuquerque, having a quote unquote fun. Yeah, that's what you. What is she doing there? Probably in Taos, which is like Taos is it's it's cool, but there's like actual people from Taos, and then a bunch of white people came to Taos and then lived there, and so now it's this like really cool area. It's gorgeous, and it's pretty, and it's full of all these like rich skiers that are like, well, I went and tried the enchiladas at blah blah blah, and they were the best I've ever had, and like. The person's like, yeah, I've had this restaurant for four hundred years. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, we are the staple of this city. Um, that's what Angelina is doing, hanging out up there. Okay. Um. Anyways, just getting as far away from Brad as she can. Exactly. Probably. I mean, he's probably never stopped foot in that city. Karen Eileen. I was like, come on, you know that one. Karen Eileen. Sorry, Karen. Eileen Campbell, 23-year-old registered nurse. My mom would have loved her. My mom
0: gets so excited. My mom's a nurse, and she gets so excited whenever anyone is a nurse. And actually, my mom may be the only person listening to this podcast.
1: So, hi, mom. (laughs) My mom is not because I explained to her that I had to do one of these. And she was like, that sounds awful. My mom doesn't smoke weed. Uh, I was like, Susie, geez. (laughs) She was like, you have to talk, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And she's like, "But don't you get hungry?" And I was like, "Yeah, but you can't, you know, like eat on like thing." And she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "That's awful." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." I mean, if yeah, you don't so like, I guess she's not listening. Yeah, and sure I go cereal, so. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, uh. Karen, nurse, and she was engaged to a cardiologist. So she's like, what
0: every parent is like, marry up.
1: Yes, and also got along well with her two children, which makes me also think that like she was like, I don't know, not not for don't like when women are against each other, but like you know, she's like, oh yeah, I'm twenty three and I'm hot and I'm gonna be like, yeah, love your kids and I'm great. So. <laughs> but then I dated someone older once, so I'm like, yeah. Assuming he's older. I don't know. Maybe he was fucking twenty-one and had two children. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she was last seen on a trip to Aspen where her family had decided to combine a medical seminar with a family vacation. Also, I like that her wh- whole family, like she's a nurse, I'm sure it's not a seminar just for her, like her other family members are in the medical field and they're like, Yeah, let's do this, let's learn and ski. Like how <laughs> freaking wholesome and smart family smart girl. Okay. Julie Cunningham was an attractive, kind, (laughs) 26-year-old. What? I read that as an attractive kind of (laughs) 26-year-old. And I was wondering which was the kind of, like, she was kind of attractive or she was kind Kind of 26.
0: 26. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I think she just was nice to people. Yeah. (laughs) Um... She worked in a sporting goods store, and she was a part-time ski instructor. Sorry, I feel like I'm not talking correctly.
1: No, like oh, <laughs> just when you said correctly, did I notice that you said correctly? I don't know. I Maybe feel like that I, is correct.
0: I feel like I don't have a great control of my vocal cords right now. <laughs> no.
1: So I'm sorry, we took the name of the podcast too far. We really am too high. That was me last episode. I meant to start this episode by apologizing for being too high last episode because <laughs> I was so. Well, up. now it's my turn. Yeah, um, but your voice is fine. <laughs> I think.
0: Um, I wrote in my notes, much like us, or at least Jamie and I, Julie had a tough history with dating fuckboys. That's literally what I wrote. Uh, um, but in 1975, she just had her heart broken. Um, she traveled to Sun Valley, which just sounds really far away. Mm-hmm. to spend a weekend with a love interest only to find out he wasn't interested in long-term relationships this fucking happened to me i went all the way to colorado to meet this guy's family literally the entire reason we went was his niece it was her birthday and so we wanted to go out we go we stay at his dad's house the whole time they're like asking like like saying we can move out there and when are we gonna have kids and all this shit we get home And I bring up, like, because he's being weird all of a sudden. And I bring up, like, you're the one who's pushing for commitment. Like, I went to Colorado to meet your family. And he literally was like, oh, I mean, we didn't – I don't know if we went to meet my family. Like, we just went to Colorado and they happened to be there. So why wouldn't we stop by? We didn't stop by. We stayed at his dad's house.
1: Also, you, I personally feel like, would not, like, want to go to Colorado. You know what I mean? It's not like we find – like. You find yourself like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go to Colorado. And it conveniently was oh, My just, family was there. Like, look,
0: I just ended up here. Yeah. Like,
1: no, it was, I had no say in the planning
0: of the trip at all. He was going regardless. And he just would keep saying stuff like, well, you don't have to go. But it would mean a lot if you did. Fuck like, that. literally, I flew. I had just, I had just gone to Pittsburgh to take Krista to a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Which, TBH was really fucking fun i imagine haters like, don't you. at me i don't care um and uh yeah so then i missed so much work because then i went to colorado and then yeah he had the fucking nerve to be like i don't know if we went to
1: colorado fuck
0: off yeah well,
1: so the this... only reason you'd ever go to colorado is to see the shining hotel yep yep yeah and yep. i'm a skier I'm, I'm not
0: like that's not true i like wolf creek anyways um, but yeah, so that's what this guy did, so it's like, Julie, we fucking get it, mm-hmm. um, but she wanted marriage and kids, because, you know, in the 70s, she was 26, so it's like, why aren't you married? Right. But yeah, so she was, she was bummed, and she, like, but she, she wasn't, like, downtrodden, like, she just was, like, she literally was just like us, she was just, like, a 20-something, just, like, she's, that's you know, case and doing, you know, doing different part-time jobs, just to,
1: like, figure out what she wants mm-hmm. fucking everything up um, anyway Dennis Lynn all of her knees nope it's Dennis Jesus <laughs> Christ I'm mean, gonna take that out um <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I was gonna say you have to take it out because I have no idea how to edit I do you know <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what that would be she's my sophisticated <laughs> way <sighs> Denise, when all of her son, I am so sorry, Denise, uh, was a pretty 25-year-old. She was married to someone named Dennis, hopefully. Um, and she was close to her family that lived nearby.
0: Uh, Lynette Don Colber was, ugh, she was 12 years old. She's so fucking gross. But uh, she was a student at Alameda Junior High School in Pocatello, Idaho. So she was just like a
1: cute little Baby, as a child,
0: yeah, straight up a child.
1: Um, Susan Curtis was a determined and bright 15-year-old from Bountiful, Utah. Uh, also a child, <laughs> she was a student at Woods Cross High School, where she was on the track team and the girls' basketball team. Her freshman year, because also she just yeah, always finish finished her curriculars. Yeah, also track and basketball. She likes her probably.
0: Improv- <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Yeah. It's like the guys at my high school who would play lacrosse to stay in shape when it wasn't football season. Exactly. Although, it was, like, words. dumb because our best lacrosse player was more serious football player, but, like, our football team was always the worst. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like, football. he was fucking amazing at lacrosse. So I feel like that was a waste. Although, I guess whatever college he went to is probably more football-oriented just because we're not a country that watches lacrosse, really.
1: Right. Except for but, kids, which great ones. Yeah. I mean,
0: I honestly like lacrosse. I, mean, I like, like
1: lacrosse. It's I was like the soccer. lacrosse
0: – I was the, like, boys lacrosse
1: manager in high school. Love that that was the thing. <laughs> I, you, I feel like you had a great childhood because <laughs> I, like, would watch movies and, <laughs> and hear about that, and I don't think that such a thing ever existed in my high school. Being a manager? Yeah. <laughs> You're basically just a bitch. Like,
0: you just – you like make sure everything is ready for uh like so the first day I worked there or like I was helping out, I like we gave out the equipment, like the helmets and shit, and like mm-hmm. wrote stuff down. And then um when we're going to two and away game, we like get the water bottles and stuff. And um
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh at the game we would sit at the table with the like timer. And uh, like we were like yeah, the yeah. game.
1: It's depending on you. Literally, yeah. like on recording it. Yeah.
0: yeah, we literally we had the timer. We recorded scores. We, you know, when if like a a quarter was over, we would like honk a horn. Like it was like yeah. it was our job. And then also you have to keep track of all the stats. So anytime there's a ground ball, anytime there's yeah, like, who did it and like how many. Ooh. So it was or like 20. it was actually really important. Yeah, um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, like, it was a lot, especially because when I first got rubbed into it, like I had never seen a lacrosse game. I was and big, obviously not yeah. a sports person, so it was a lot to learn. Right. But um, it was also really cool because I wasn't a really athletic person. I was involved mm-hmm. in a ton of clubs and things like that. But um, I played volleyball and moved oh, when nice. I was in eighth grade. And my new school, for some reason, didn't have a volleyball team. Bullshit. So, And that was the only sport because I tried other sports of like basketball. I'm good at shooting, but I just, like, I don't like the part of it where everyone's, like, moving quickly and trying to, like, bruise you to get the ball. Like, I just don't, yeah. I don't like, I like volleyball because it's not a contact sport because I just am not, I get competitive, but I'm never competitive enough to, like, actually, like, shove someone you know, like, I just oh, don't, no. I don't. I played, played that violent, for, like, like,
1: nine years and I had one foul, ever called
0: that. Yeah, so it's just, like, that, that game is just too much contact that's, like, not up my alley, but, mm-hmm. um yeah so uh, the English teacher was the coach so that makes things more that was that was your spot yeah um I'm an I'm an English history nerd I always was if that wasn't
1: clear I'm an inspiring well aspiring not inspiring well I think I inspire people with my aspirations um volleyball player so Mm -hmm. relate to that all right
0: so Margaret Bowman was 21 and um she was the daughter of a wealthy and prominent family uh, hmm. in St. Petersburg, Florida, and she went to Florida State University. Um, the night of her murder, she had gone on a blind date and was anxious to talk to her friends about it, which, like, is so fucking relatable.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Especially, like, we lived in a sorority house at yeah. the time. So, it's like, you do, you come in, and there's, like, you there's, there's always someone around. She you can be like, oh, my God, this happened, or, like, mm-hmm. oh, this was the worst. Like, you can have an immediate audience. Um, so she was just hanging out in the rec room of Chi Omega, like, trying to find someone to talk about it, and then she later went to Melanie Nelson's room to tell her about it, um, but yeah, so she was just, like, um, like a college student, like any one of us, like, reading about these, it's just, like, this could have so, if I had been, like, this could have so easily happened
1: to anyone. Yeah. Oh, completely. Lisa Levy. She was 20 and a student at the CU, and she was also in the Chi Omega sorority and she had worked all day the night of her murder probably just wanted to oh no first she went to a popular campus disco campus disco after work i love that (laughs) that whole sentence (laughs) exactly worked all day goes to a freaking disco because that's the thing in the 70s (laughs) with the sorority sister um and then later went home because she had worked
0: all fucking day yeah she's like oh this is not gonna be the night that i'm up till 4 a.m yeah and also
1: just, you know, being 20 years old and happy and full of life where you could go to work all day and then go to a disco and then be like, oh, sorry, I'm going to be lame because I leave by midnight. Like, that shows you how full of life these girls are. Well, yeah, because, I mean, and maybe it's just,
0: like, coming at you from our old age of almost 28 and almost 29.
1: Near yes. um, the wrong The right.
0: I very much understand the idea that you're, like, out with people and you're like, yep, okay. Time to go. Time to go.
1: Yep. I just to buy out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bye, I'm going to go sleep now mm-hmm. or get Taco Bell and then sleep. Yes. Um, Karen Chandler was 21, also FSU, also a member of Chi Omega sorority. Um, she was set to be a really hard worker and she was another person who was very dedicated to her family. Uh, all these like normal people, like well adjusted. Right. <laughs> um, she had gone home the night of the attack to cook dinner for her family and then she went back to the sorority, so she literally went home to, like, help out with her yeah. family, and then came back to work on her sewing project. Like, she was, like, she would have been a great mom, because she already has, like, a whole, fl- like, she's got the balancing time thing down. Yeah. So that's Karen.
1: Um, Kathy Kleiner? Yeah, I think so. Okay. She was 20 years old at the time of the again, Florida State University student and member of Chi Omega. I love this. This is why I went to across the country as well. Um, except for my mom is a Cuban or Spanish. <laughs> um, Kathy said she chose FSU because her Cuban and Spanish mother was so protective that she wanted to go to school far away from home. Totally relate to that. <laughs> um, I remember my mom was telling the story where my second didn't miss her my first semester. My second semester I called home crying and being like oh I want to come home and all of this and I guess at Syracuse, they have, like, a whole parent's orientation where they tell you, like, this phone is going to come, and you have to, like, um, you know, remind them why they want to go here, and, like, all of that. Oh,
0: my God. And so my
1: mom was, like, really pissed that it didn't happen the first semester, because, like, I guess the people in the group were like, it will happen maybe the first week, maybe the first month, and I <laughs> was like, God damn it. And she was like, no, Jamie, why don't you remember, like, let's remember why you went there, and I was like, because it's the furthest away from you! <laughs> The fucking bitch I am. <laughs> and she was like, and it still is. <laughs> that's so Susie. So Susie. Um. So I get this girl Kathy. She's like, ready gonna do your own damn thing? And she's twenty years old. Um. She said that her sorority sisters meant the world to her, and totally get that. And just also that's like, actually really hard to find in a sorority. I feel like sometimes So like just a genuinely good person. Mm-hmm. Um, she was described as an upbeat and positive person.
0: Uh, Cheryl Thomas was 21. She was a dance major. She was tall, very pretty, shy. she just gotten a new kitten, and she was obsessed. She loved her kitten. What do um, that kitten? I don't know. Hopefully her neighbors took it. Oh, yeah. She's very close to her neighbors who live next door. That's what a neighbor is. I don't know why I wrote that.
1: <laughs> um It's very important to distinguish that they live directly next. Right? I mean,
0: I guess that actually it is, you know, you know what, it really in is the No, it is yeah. actually because they're the ones who made that security check. Right. So it's like they'll knock yeah. on the wall or they'll call you, whatever. If you don't answer, like you, no matter what time of night, no matter what you're doing, you have to stop. Yeah. You have to answer the phone because that's the way you tell them you're okay. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the night of her murder, she didn't. And that system that they created because they were decent human beings and they were friends and smart and And that's it's that they saved her life yeah so obviously it was a horrible thing but like that's just so fucking nice especially just like being in LA where there's just like Mm -hmm. so many people and you just it's it's this weird thing where you can you're in a city that's so inundated with people and yet you can feel so isolated yeah So the idea that they were that close to
1: their neighbors is just so sweet to me. Yeah, I'm not even close to my roommate. My
0: neighbors would just, like, they wouldn't even know.
1: Yeah. Josh would have no idea. I've (laughs) literally been gone for seven days, and he's never texted me and been like, hey, (laughs) are you alive?
0: To be fair, Stephanie's not like that.
1: Oh, my gosh. Actually, she she literally just made us all turn on our location. Oh, yeah, we we
0: were sharing locations. I guess, like we have some people We have but some it's just people. like it's just also, not the same scenario no and like also, she's not my neighbor she's my roommate so exactly. like,
1: of, course. of course I mean I guess yeah look at Josh you don't have to be close to your roommate but yeah I would I mean to be fair Josh has also been gone for like four days and I haven't said anything but <laughs> he's like a really built guy I feel like he wouldn't really get into trouble I don't know maybe he'd be able to survive who knows more um, so than you what more so than you yeah yeah <laughs> uh he'd like only eat celery so he'd do great in the wilderness or wherever wouldn't he be weak i feel like his body's been like trained to like only survive <laughs> off of that you know like a hundred calories yeah <laughs> it's not even you like burn eat it. You, you burn fat yeah. eating celery because there's like no substance you're just chewing air you're chewing water and there yeah um but yeah if you guys don't have the system worked out with someone in your life yeah do one of those because like, yeah for
0: for any women listening if there are any women listening other than my mother again hi, also your mom make sure she has this in place i mean she's a nurse she's used to dealing yep. with people that go fucking crazy and stuff like okay. she gets like I you, know, warm, you know no no for sure um Never but to, yeah. well but also my mom is she probably does she's a very social person so maybe she that's right like, friends like i'm sure like if trish hadn't heard from her in a while she'd yeah, be like what sure. the fuck is happening um But, yeah, don't – if you – like, they talk about this on My Favorite Murder, too, where it's, like, sometimes you feel silly or, like, you're being traumatic, but, like, you're not. Like, you just never know what could happen. And, I mean, look at it the the other way. Like, my – one of my favorite things that my therapist told me, which is, like, so obvious when you say it, but, like, it really didn't click for me until I heard her say it. Um, Whenever you're, you know, nervous or stressed or scared about something – always finish the thought like Mm. I would just be like you know so I was leaving a job because I got a better job but I felt really bad about it and so I was like I don't want to tell them because I'm like scared and she was like okay but finish the sentence and I was like when she's like what why are you scared what's gonna happen what are they gonna do yeah and I was like well nothing I mean worst case scenario they can be mad at me right and she was like and then Mm. what like what like you can you if they do start yelling at you can you do anything and I was like yeah I'd just get up and leave yeah but like when I say it to myself it didn't like it just it's so simple but it doesn't occur to you until you actually yeah. run through the whole scenario so if you're like oh I really want to send my friend my location but I, I feel silly be yeah. like okay we'll finish that thought why do you feel silly what's the worst case scenario yeah. she laughs yeah she's not gonna say no yeah because no one wants their friends like so it's just
1: it's also yeah. not like an inconvenience to her. No, to it does do nothing
0: it. at all, and it's just so easy to be like, oh, you know, or even if you want to do like, hey, I'm going out with someone. I think I'm going to be home by nine. If you don't hear yeah. from me by nine, or oh, nine is really early, but
1: like, you know. <laughs> um, no, I get it. I have done that buying furniture off Craigslist, and like, yeah, it's just like a that.
0: safeguard. It hurts no one. It doesn't take up anyone's time really, and it's just you feel more comfortable, and then you'd have a lead. It's so fucking hard to solve. Mm-hmm. these crimes, and there's so many crimes going on that it's like you can't spend too much time focusing on one, so okay. any kind of lead is better, you know? Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Kimberly Leach was the 12-year-old. Um, she was pretty, she was small, because she's 12. She's a little peanut. She's a little girl, and this is just, like, so a 12-year-old thing, and also I can, like, <laughs> feel myself getting excited for her, like the 12-year-old in me. <laughs> Um, she was in good mood the day that she was abducted because she had been elected first runner up to the Valentine Queen at her junior high. Yeah. Like, she was I very totally sweet, wholesome. I. I first grew up, I knew I was a Valentine Queen, but I also didn't think
0: I'd ever get here. Yeah, like, I'm in the court. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just very sweet and adorable and. Just a thing a
1: twelve year old should be excited yeah, she's about. Yeah, like seventh grade. And how their life should be yeah. instead of getting abducted by a fucking. You shouldn't have to think about that kind of stuff. Person.
0: But okay, um,
1: yeah, that's it. It took mm. us three episodes, probably like four hours. But it's so sc- I listened to twenty minutes of that. Really? Of the first episode, that's all I could do. And then I was like, I found weird, and I turned it off. <laughs> so props oh to you on God. editing.
0: I would be able to get through it. Oh my god, you're so funny. Um, yeah, but I mean I think look, I think it needed it. There's a lot and I didn't we I didn't want us to get through without acknowledging all of these women mm. as
1: women and as people. i um, it's sad that there's still, you know, some I'm sure so many other victims out there that we don't know about and that yeah. we're not able like you know, find any information exactly. on yeah, because some
0: on. of these like I realize some of these descriptions are longer than others because there are just some people that I found a lot of different articles on, mm. and, um, but I tried to get at least one fact about everybody. But yeah, I mean, part of the whole <laughs> part of remembering him is like remembering you know, the people he took away and are just, like, fucked up forever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but so I hope that this was informative and it didn't Mm -hmm. seem like we were, like, paying tribute in any way. And we don't – we're not in love with Ted Bundy. We like true crime. Mm -hmm. I think his is a particularly interesting case for all of the reasons that we covered on these episodes. But Mm -hmm. I don't have any, you know, warm feelings for him as a person. He. Was a monster, and he, like we said, he. I do believe that he could have had this, you know, issue that was felt like addicting to him, but he didn't make any effort she to control out. it at all. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you're just willfully being terrible, and right. yeah, um, no, it's,
1: uh, yeah, it's a very interesting case, obviously, but. I, I know, think Zach Efron did a fantastic
0: job in the movie.
1: Great job in the movie. Um, the end of the movie, not a good when movie. not
0: that, the second half of the movie, the second half was good. Yeah. There was just I the, some of the editing was weird and like That's it was very hard to
1: follow. Yeah,
0: it was it jumped around a lot and I think I think it was the same thing that happened with Dark Places where it's just they needed a better you know storyboarded out better. Yeah, and yeah. just kind of does it flow? If I wasn't an expert, would it make sense to right. me? Um, by the way, I realized we didn't even say, we're talking about extremely wicked, shockingly evil right. and vile, which is the right. Zach Efron, Ted Bundy movie. Uh, well, it's actually funny that it's referred to as a Zach Efron movie, because really, Willie Collins is the main character. Yeah. Um, because who this is the really one. Oh, yeah, she's great. Uh, right, but this yeah, is saying. the one where, uh, this, she plays Liz, the one who was his, like, long-term girlfriend, and so it's kind of from her point of view,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, But yeah, the second half, I think the trial is really interesting. And there's a scene where, because he's so charming the whole, the whole movie, because that's the point. He has this veneer on. And then, um, you know, once he gets, you know, like officially charged and convicted and everything, um... sentence he you know he there's no backing out of it he can't talk his way out of it so he gets very upset and i think zach did such a good job of like his eyes just got dark yeah made me think of like
1: um durst oh um fuck yeah yeah yeah. oh my god like jinx oh okay no
0: from the jinx yeah from the jinx there's Seymour. no fucking way his name
1: is Seymour I swear to god his name is Seymour there's no or his way dad's name is Seymour his name might be Adam someone in that family's name's name Seymour Robert Durris what's his dad's name? <laughs> it's
0: very important oh yeah his dad's name is Seymour oh his dad is the mogul yeah, which yeah. is the reason that they're heirs and his name is Seymour
1: that's I'm not that high.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, but like that that came out. (laughs) I was like, I I was thinking maybe Robert, but then I also kept thinking Fred Durst, and I knew it wasn't Fred. So then I was like, is Robert? Am I getting. So, um, but yeah, I knew it was more of a milquetoast name than Seymour. Seymour is very.
1: Yeah, crazy. Seymour
0: Seymour is memorable. It just makes me think of uh, The Simpsons.
1: Oh, I think of. um, Who's my favorite author? JD Follinger. (laughs) Seymour, an introduction novellas Um. Anyways, yes. Uh, Zac Efron's eyes look like Robert Durst. It's so scary. That's he- really scary. I, eyes.
0: I think we don't give him enough credit.
1: Zac Efron or yeah, Bell- yeah.
0: No, Robert Durst. I,
1: like I mean, I think he has. I think you'll need to understand that Robert Durst has the most terrifying eyes in the world. Oh yeah. Um, Watch
0: the HBO documentary, The Jinx.
1: And I don't feel bad saying that because he clearly does it.
0: It's so, so terrifying because his situation wasn't that they didn't have evidence. They didn't know it was him. Like he's, he has different trials, but he just has good lawyers. He's this, he's an heir. So he's got a shit ton of money. And honestly, one of the reasons these kinds of cases are so scary to me is like, not because of any particular one thing they did, but because of the kind of all around notion. And this is proof that, When you're rich, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you just think about, like, tickets. Like, there are certain things that, like, you can't do because you get a ticket. And for us, it's, like, it's illegal. We can't do it. But really, what we're thinking is, like, I can't do it because then I'll get the fine and I have to pay the fine, whatever. But if money isn't an object to you, You then it's basically like, yeah, it's just like, you're just paying a fee to do it. Like it's Mm -hmm. not even like a punishment anymore because it doesn't actually affect you. And then in his case, like the lawyers were just super smart and they were just like, you know, he like cut up his neighbor. He like shot him, he decapitated him, but they didn't have the head. Because he fucking disposed of the whole body, which they knew. But he was just like, oh, I don't know what happened to the head. And so they couldn't find it. And the head is where they would have seen the bullet where he shot him. Yeah, because he claimed self-defense. Yeah, because yeah, he claimed self-defense. And so then they were like, you can't think about what he did after the fact. It's not about if he cut up the body. He definitely cut up the body, but what you're judging him for is if he killed him in self-defense.
1: And it's just like... Yeah, I killed someone in self-defense, and then I cut up their body. Yeah, that's just
0: not what... But they they were like, you're not allowed to think about that. You can only think about the act. And so he got off. So it's like, it's not even that they didn't... Weren't sure if it was him. I mean, they were super sure with Ted, too. But it's just like... Literally the reason he wasn't in jail is because of how rich he was. And then he gets booked for stealing a fucking sandwich from Wegmans. Like, this is just a reckless guy. This is like typical white, rich white man bullshit where he's just like, never had to work a day in his life. So he doesn't know what to do with himself. So he's like, who cares if I'm a multi-millionaire and I'm already on police's radar? Yeah. I'm going to steal a sandwich because I want one and I don't want to pay for it, and so I don't
1: have to. Also, it's hilarious to me that he got caught stealing a sandwich from Wegmans because I think they had video footage by this point. But personally, I used to steal from Wegmans all the time because <laughs> they didn't have cameras. Um, So, like, how stupid do you?
0: No, they definitely had cameras, because okay. I remember seeing footage of him, like, at the store. Yeah, I forget if they,
1: because <laughs> it, it
0: wasn't that really long
1: ago, these things out. it
0: wasn't that long ago when I... he got arrested.
1: Yeah, I think they had cameras on the outside, but not inside the Wegmans.
0: Oh, that might, be, yeah. Okay. That might have been. Yeah.
1: Just in case. Don't steal from Wegmans, but.
0: Don't steal from anywhere. <laughs> Don't
1: steal from anywhere. Yeah. And also stealing leads to being a serial killer. Not really, like, not really, but that's also, you know. It could escalate. It could escalate. So if you have a friend like me that's a shoplifter, check into it. But oh, that also Jesus like goes to my whole theory that I'm—I don't have feelings. What am I, sociopath? But I'm.
0: But you have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. I have all the
1: feelings. Um, but yeah. But
0: yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. We just—that was a very. Oh, that took like a dark turn. Um. We'll also just focus <laughs> on a completely different murder. But oh um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's Ted. Uh, three episodes. I'm sure there are podcasts that have more research, but that mm-hmm. was a lot for us. It was a lot. Because we us. both have full time jobs and this What's is that? very amateur, so no one's giving us anything to do this. And
1: if you want to send us <laughs> lead, go ahead. Um, I
0: mean if I we ever get fans that have any kind of proof that people are listening to this, can always do Patreon. But uh right now
1: I feel like it'd be kind of jumping the gun on that. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, although, yes, I did print out this book and read it. And I'm also going to recommend that to people. Because, one, as my mom <laughs> told me when I was reading this book for research over the weekend, uh, she was like, your job could fire you for that. Because I use their pri- paper. Oh. <laughs> <in> their <laughs> <printering>. <laughs> so I risked my job to research more about Ted Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, I think also reading this book helped me understand. Better, which okay, so if you want to make sense of the movie that doesn't really make sense but has amazing acting, go find it. Also, it's
0: on Netflix, so like just fucking watch it, it's not gonna cost you any money. Yeah,
1: it's streaming now, it's it's, so it's not like it's like an interesting, there are parts that are interesting enough that you and ignore the fact. Bonus,
0: Haley Joel Osmond isn't it? Grown Haley Joel Osmond, so it's like check it out, you know, whatever. That's great if it's on Netflix, fuck, I'll watch it. Like, and you can follow us on Instagram
1: at High Crime Pod.
0: And I try to
1: update that every day. either you're yes, really gives
0: information
1: um Facebook. High Crime Pod. Three words. <laughs> uh, Twitter. That's at High Crime Pod. And there's always our website. Highcrimepod.com,
0: which I just love that that was available. It sure was. And, uh, and there's like a little form on there to send us an email or, I mean, I don't know, it's easier to like tweet us or Facebook us or Instagram message, whatever, but... Mm-hmm um yeah that's about it so
1: later buds